Welcome back to the Startup Showdown podcast, where we discuss pitching, funding, and scaling startups. Join us as we interview winners, mentors, and judges of the monthly $120,000 pitch competition powered by Panoramic Ventures. We also discuss the latest updates in software, Web3, healthcare tech, fintech, and more. Now sit tight as we interview this week's guest and their journey through entrepreneurship. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Startup Showdown, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Panoramic Ventures. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Startup Showdown, we have Clay Gordon, and he's with Stout Street Capital. Welcome, Clay. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Stout Street. How are you serving folks? Yeah, so South Street Capital, we are a seed stage venture capital firm based in Denver, Colorado. We invest in non-coastal markets, uh, and we also invest in Canada. We've um, we've raised two funds and made 65 investments, and then we are uh, still actively raising for our third fund, but we'll have a first close actually today. So I got some celebration to share on that. <laughs> well, congratulations. Well, what's your backstory? How'd you get involved in this line of work? Yeah, so it's a non-traditional path. I assume that's probably the most common uh, answer as well. So I was actually doing, I would say, community organizing prior um, in the Carolinas. So I worked in and lived in Washington, D.C., and then ultimately found a home in Wilmington, North Carolina, where I was doing, I would say, community organizing. Um, and I really saw the power of that as well, finding you know like-minded individuals and groups to come together for a certain cause. Um, and so, um, ultimately I was going to move to, to Denver, which is where our family and, and home is. And I just saw the power of that. And, and my partner was involved in the startup community as well. And so, uh, we just felt like it was just great complimentary skill set to, to kick off a, a seed stage fund and, you know, support more broadly the community. And that's what we've been doing ever since. So when you were, uh, when you made that leap, because this is a, it's a pretty drastic leap, right? From your work as a community organizer to your work today, when did you start realizing, hey, this is something that I am making an impact? I do kind of getting that same warm feeling I, I used to get when I was doing the community organizing work, and this is really making a difference in people's lives. Yeah, I would say, you know, there was a couple different factors that came in, and I want to say like the writing was on the wall, but ultimately I worked at startups in college at University of Colorado in, in Denver specifically. Um, and so I, I saw this this industry really as, um, I would say, new, and I felt like it was an industry that I would be able to create value, very different than, let's say, energy or real estate. I felt like this is something that I could truly create value to benefit the next generation of entrepreneurs. And so uh, a couple different factors uh, all pointed to, hey, let's do startups and let's build something um, that could have a lasting impact. Um, and being on the financing is, is an important part of that as well. Um, and then we looked at, I would say, historically underserved regions um, to, to invest in. And so we invest, again, really in small markets uh, across the country. And that could be Phoenix, Kansas City, Denver. Uh, and again, uh, we have five deals in Toronto. I uh, got a deal in Charleston. So just really great opportunity, really great founders. Um, and I think a little bit of... Uh, filling out on resources around some of these stellar entrepreneurs could make a huge difference. And that's really what we try to do at, at Stout Street. 
did you have an experience uh, early in your career as a in a startup and actually participating in a startup? Yes, we were doing warehouse fulfillment and e-commerce for a startup in Denver. Um, I was in the logistics side. Um, you know, more specifically, I was uh, just shipping things all day long. Uh, but I really liked the free flow. Uh, environment of a startup, as well as, um, you know, helping others kind of achieve their goal. And again, on the um, e-commerce and logistics business, we were reselling other people's product, which I think was a win-win for everyone. So uh, I really like that aspect. My partner did have more of a finance bent, or I mean, that his, that is his background. Um, and so ultimately, we were both around it um, and felt like it was a really good complementary skill set to, to kick off a fund. Now, are you seeing traits in startup founders that you're like, okay, these are kind of the must-haves, these are the kind of the, you know, red flags? Are there certain kind of um, qualities you're looking for that stand out to you that gives you a clue that this that this is the right horse to bet on? Yeah, um, you know, we do have a different opinion on this because this is, I would say, one of the most common questions as well. Uh, Stout Street, um, you know, we, we do look at, I would say, the underlying business model maybe a little bit more. We emphasize the underlying business model a little bit more than other firms. Um, and the founder is obviously one of the most important parts, um, but that is not our sole reason for investing. Um, and so at least our firm, we do look for at least a little bit of product validation. Um, and so that does mean revenue at the end of the day. And so as far as red flags or advice, you know, our advice is, uh, you know, go see what the market uh, on the customer side has to say. Usually there's a couple pivots to, to find things. And then you're going back to investors at much more of a position of strength saying, hey, I'm already in market generating revenue. And a little bit of investment would go a long way as opposed to the other way to say, hey, I have a good idea. Um, you know, will you invest in my idea to move it to a business? Uh, we just feel like uh, having a little bit of product uh, market validation um, really um, amplifies the the company uh, to investors as well. So selling something to somebody is a clue that you might be onto something. Yes, you know, uh, I would say I trust the customer a little bit more than than me. You know, in one hundred percent of the cases, I would never know as much about the company, product, or industry as these entrepreneurs would. Uh, and therefore, if someone is willing to pay money for their product, I feel like there is a lot or that's very meaningful. Um, so anyways, we do weight the underlying business model a little bit more than other VC uh, sh shops. Um, but again, these are all in underserved regions where we feel like there is tremendous opportunity that has been overlooked by coastal investors. Uh, so we feel like it's just a win-win for, for everyone. So now, can you explain some of the trade-offs when you're dealing with these underserved markets? Are there... Uh, what are some of the kind of the, the great things, because it's probably um, a less jaded group of people than you're you're with, but then they're not as seasoned and they may not be as cynical. So can you talk about some of the trade-offs of working with these underserved groups and markets? Yeah, you know, I would say some of the benefits, we'll start there. Uh, some of the benefits are the people. Um, you know, we've done a ton in the Midwest. And I feel like working with uh, people in the Midwest, I feel like that Midwest values really resonates with us. And I feel like the people that you uh, interact with more frequently are very respectful, transparent, uh, and considerate, which I think is incredibly important uh, as as we are investors that invest outside of our region. And so getting you know transparent and honest communication um, is, uh, you know, we see the importance of that. And so I feel like the people where we invest has got to be number one. 
Uh, I think number two, again, kind of wearing the investor hat is the prices are significantly lower than coastal markets. And I feel like that is uh, due to labor, uh, just cheaper to hire someone in St. Louis than it is in New York. Um, and same with Denver versus San Francisco. Uh, so I would say those are kind of the two that come top of mind. Um, as far as the, 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 the flip side of that, I think the two big problems with investing in this region, which are more opportunities, is access to capital because there is you know, few and far between venture capital shops um, and access to talent. The good thing is we started a, a venture conference called the Unmet Conference, which we've hosted eight times in four different states, specifically designed to help companies raise institutional seed and institutional series A. And this is really where my community uh, organizer background comes in. Uh, but again, that is an opportunity to solve this problem. Um, I don't know if we'll ever be able to solve it, but at least it's uh, better than the status quo. And then as far as access to talent, uh, the good thing with tech, which was already happening pre-COVID, is you know you can't hire uh, people really anywhere in the world to help. Uh, and then we've also partnered with um, firms like Powder Keg in Indianapolis to uh, really help non-coastal companies get access to a big database of people in the tech industry looking for jobs. Um, so these are two ways that we've addressed, I would say, the two biggest problems of non or starting a company in you know a less densely populated area. Now, are there niches that Stout Street Capital uh, focuses in on, or you're kind of industry agnostic? We are industry agnostic, so we are all over the bat. Um, I would say like my preferences is historically I've gravitated a little bit more towards SMB software, uh, a little bit more uh, nichier businesses. And so we've invested in you know software companies that sell to florists, to uh, dental offices, to veterinarians. Uh, we found a lot of really good opportunity and I would say established markets for um uh, you know, a product to improve what's already existing. Uh, we do shy away from, I would say, the truly transfer transformational ideas, which probably do require more coastal capital. Um, you know, we do look for, I would say, minor improvements within uh, an established market, which is a little bit more niche here, or a little bit smaller of markets. So now what's your favorite part about working with these um, kind of founders that are in these underserved areas? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's to be helpful. I think that's everyone's goal for the most part in the startup community, which is just really fulfilling um, for a career. Uh, and then to kind of going back as the community organizer, I mean, how can we put the right people uh, around the table where, you know, one plus one can equal three? And I feel like it's uh, it's a challenge, but I feel like it's a sense of purpose that I feel like is truly uh, unique for this um, disconnected startup community that we all operate in. Uh, but again, I think it's an opportunity to create value for uh, long-term, not necessarily change, but value. Um, and I feel like it's very rewarding. Now, how did you find out about the Startup Showdown and, and get involved as a judge and mentor? Yeah, well, I, I have known the team over at Panoramic for probably about four years. We have a very good reciprocal relationship when it comes to you know sharing uh, companies we like with each other. Um, they're much bigger than, than Stout Street. And so sending opportunities in our portfolio that have grown uh, is a good fit for them and then and vice versa as well. Uh, and there's really a great ecosystem of investors, uh, primarily in the flyover country, uh, that just share opportunities to, to be helpful. And I feel like Panoramic has been one of our best partners. Um, and then I've also participated as a judge in their startup showdown as well. 
Um, and I think they do a great job. So um, that's that's how I found out about it. Now, any advice for startups that have never done kind of an event like Startup Showdown? What, how would you recommend they prepare and, um, you know, kind of get in the right mindset to get the most out of that uh, activity? Well, going through the process and, and making sure whether they win or not, but just making sure they're they're kind of leveraging their time and, and getting the most uh, out of the experience. Yeah, I feel like this is, you know, the most actionable, which, um, you know, I love. I, I feel like um, listening to other podcasts, quite frankly, is the best is the best answer. Um, and I would say it's a pet peeve of mine as founders that come to me to say, like, what does Style Street focus on? You know, we do have a website that we try to articulate as clearly as possible what we invest in and what we don't invest in. Um, and this one, and I've also participated in a couple other podcasts as well, where I define what we look for in companies, you know, my background, and this is all, um, you know, for the most part free, where you can listen into what I look for in companies and not necessarily like tailor your pitch accordingly. Uh, but chances are there are investors in the room that put out information of what they look for. And I feel like doing that research ahead of time really sets you up for success. And for the most part, it is free and easily accessible. And there's a lot of it. Uh, it's happening yeah. every day. So it, it, there's no excuse not to do that kind of due diligence. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say like as a fund manager, it's kind of it's on us to do the same. So like as companies put out information on their company, like it's kind of our expectation to do that research ahead of time. And that way you're going into that conversation uh, prepared and at least educated to a certain extent. I feel like it just makes those because startup showdown, I would say is like, it's a resource and it makes that resource much more effective. Now, um, any advice for founders out there? It's so interesting that you're serving an area that there aren't a plethora of other people probably tapping in and helping them and giving them the resources to be successful. What advice would you give them that maybe common knowledge in like those coastal cities where there's just so much density there and there's so much information just everywhere, but to give those people the, in the, in, like you said, the flyover areas, uh, you know, a leg up, what would give them an edge? Yeah. Um, I'll say for, you know, my hat as an investor, I mean, I, I feel like it's all the power of the network at the end of the day. And I feel like coastal markets just from density, they just have such a strong network because just for proximity reasons. So as far as my advice, um, which isn't necessarily easy. And so let's say a company based in Florida, um, which does have a limited amount of VCs and it is growing by the day and more capital is going on the tech on the VC tech side is coming to Florida. Um, I would suggest companies to get to know VCs outside of their state, which is much easier said than done. However, there is other conferences that is free for companies like the Unmet Conference uh, that you can participate that gets you access to investors outside of your region. So one, that's usually the biggest problem of early stage companies is, hey, my network is in, uh, let's say, Colorado. And that market just from density is still limited. You know, how do I get to know people outside of my region? Um, just because like myself, I've got, I've spent five to six years establishing those networks, but a new founder, you know, that's all new to them. Um, you can ask some of these seasoned people, like, who do you know outside of the state that uh, actively invest in this sector or this state? 
Uh, and a second part, just to, again, try to be helpful is I feel like a lot of times service providers specifically have always been bucketed as someone that can help with legal or banking or PPO. Um, and I feel like they have resources outside of their role and asking people that you already work with that you might view that relationship very myopically um, to say, hey, who do you know? And so we've actually uh, leaned on like our attorney and our banker and things like that. Uh, to help with connections because they, you know, it's their job to also network. Um, and I feel like that's an untapped resource by a lot of people um, just kind of viewing some of these people in just their own individual role. Now, uh, some VCs only want to learn about startups through kind of a, a warm referral or a lead like that. Is that the same at Stout Street or you'll talk to anybody if they, you know, go on your website and fill out a form? Yeah, so we do respond 100% to people. On, um, so we actually use a different database called Startup Networks, and Networks is with an X, uh, .com, and someone can submit their uh, presentation to us, and we do respond to all of those that submit it. Anyone that does through our website, it's um, we do look at 100% of those, but we do respond on Startup Networks to, to all of them. Um, we understand that that is a bias where, let's say you have a really good relationship with a fund, and any deal that they send to you, you know, you automatically think more positively about that company. We do recognize that bias and do steer away from it. And we do want to value a cold outreach, you know, just as much as a warm referral. Um, you know, again, easier said than done. Um, but again, um, we do respond via Startup Networks, which is, again, it's all on our website. It's all on our website. And then, um, as you were saying, with the startup in these flyover areas, that it's important to network and it's important to take initiative. So by listening to a podcast and you hear uh, uh, a managing partner of a fund talk, reach out to them, comment about that and get, you know, introduce yourself to them, get to know them in the, me in the way that they want to get to know folks. I mean, I think it's important to kind of be the change you want in the world, go out and take action. Don't wait. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I'm not encouraging anyone to, you know, pay money to get on a plane to go network in a, in a different state, but you can, again, listen to podcasts and things that are readily available and for the most time free. Uh, and then I feel like that is your, your lead gen essentially. And so like, if again, you're on the East coast and you want an introduction to Stout street listing, this podcast, you know, I've told you how, uh, you know, we respond to cold outrage. I mean, again, this is a free warm lead. So, yeah. Well, if somebody wants to learn more about Stout street capital, what's the website? Uh, it's stoutstreetcapital.com. Um, ping me on LinkedIn, uh, Stout street VC on Twitter, uh, emails probably best, but LinkedIn is is good as well. So, well, Clay, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Startup Showdown. As always, thanks for joining us, and don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Startup Showdown podcast so you get the latest episode as it drops wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more and apply to our next Startup Showdown pitch competition, visit showdown.vc. That's showdown.vc. All right, that's all for this week. Goodbye for now.